There's also a man. There's also a man wearing a bright orange shirt, and it says, "This is a disguise. I'm really a capybara." <laughs> <laughs> Podcast where we hitchhike our way through Wikipedia tonight. Uh, I am hosting. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts. I'm Kyle. I'm Sky. It was so normal. I'm sorry. We're so normal. The uh-huh. most normal. <laughs> Nothing going on with us. Um, so, uh, if you are new to our <laughs> podcast, uh, what we do is we uh, start on a page on uh, the Bastion of Knowledge Wikipedia. And using the links on that page, head toward a goal. Tonight, um, I have realized that we don't utilize something that is very prominent on Wikipedia that often. And that is lists. So tonight, I would like to start with a list. Oh, no. Uh, So tonight, we are starting with list of humorous units of measurement. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Tim, I just want to tell you right now that... Uh, when I typed list of H-U-M, I just finished the word H-U-M, and Wikipedia is like, oh, you want list of humorous units of measurement. Of course. Why would you not? It is a fantastic list. I'm just saying Wikipedia knows us better than than we think it does. <laughs> uh, the first thing I, I actually found when, when searching for a list was list of list of lists. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> which was a collection of lists that are themselves... Collections of lists. Uh, I did not that, want to go through that. Uh, that's so, very complex. Yeah. So we are going from list of humorous units of measurement to knife throwing. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, just something that... So I'll, I'll give you guys a little tip. Uh, so in my search for the routes for this tonight, um, I ended up... Also going to, I don't think there's any way that you're going to click on this specifically. I don't think it's mentioned anywhere in any page, but I Uh had to, I ended up going through, um, to get to knife throwing. I went through impalement arts. Great. Good. So, okay. So just a little tip tip for you guys. Try to find some, try to find some impalement arts. But anyway, I, I, how, you know what? You're going to tell us about that page later. Just, just because that that seems important, mm-hmm. we'll have to get there. I mean, I ended up clicking on knife throwing, and it took me to impalement arts, which then included the actual knife throwing in it. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. All right. Uh, so, to decide who goes first tonight, uh, I would like to engage the two of you in a little exercise of. Uh, units of measurement and their creation. So I would like to uh, have you guys come up with a unit of measurement of your own. And I would like you to come up with a unit used to uh, quantify how fresh something is. How fresh something is? How fresh it is, yes. Hmm. Now I want you guys to come up with this together. Like... Like, t- let me know when you're ready, because I don't want you guys to kind of feed off each other. So I mean, once, I, I got Once my... you have an answer, you are locked in. No, I, I've got mine done. Okay, he's got yours. Do you have one, Sky? I mean, I guess so. I don't, but yeah, I don't want to waste time. <laughs> <laughs> let's, well, we can... let's... Sky, we're, we're making a podcast. We could, we're wasting time the whole time. Like, I that's know. the... Ain't nothing but wasting time. Hey... We're just uh, filling in people's commutes to work. By the way, uh, you know, make sure you check your blind spots before you go to the next uh, next lane, please. Mm-hmm. Use a turn signal oh. too. Jeez. Also, by the way, uh, in in this trip that I just took to Florida for work, I had to you know rent a car, right? And I had forgotten that no one in Florida knows how to drive. <laughs> I had. No fewer than four people pull U-turns in front of me, just on the street, just straight up U-turn. Oh, those are just left turns in Florida. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, and no one used their turn signal. And I, and I was like, for, for about an hour, 
you know, like that moment when I was driving from the, you know, that minute that I was driving from the airport to my, to the conference I was covering, it was the most like white knuckle, just ah, <laughs> like, who are you people? Why? I, I find it hard to believe that that many Ohioans are down in Florida because none of those people know how to, you know what? Actually, that's fair. Uh, Ohio is pretty bad at it too, honestly. What if they're people that were just trying to go home in Ohio and just have ended up roaming around Florida, unable Mm. to use their driving skills to get back? That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. All right, Sky, did I buy enough time for you? Yeah, I got it. All right. All right. We'll start with you, Sky. A a Uh, unit of freshness. Zests. Whoa. Okay, so what would one zest equal? Like, what would be the equivalent uh, freshness of one zest? Now you're talking about freshness, like like fruit freshness. I left or it like... open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's. <laughs> I don't know. I guess like one zest is like mm, one tenth of a a real good fresh thing. Mm. <laughs> So like a that's a um, R- RGFT a zestometer. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I guess. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Like, like, would it be equivalent to like the passing scent of a of a lemon peel? But that's not like freshness. That's just that's a smell. Mm. True. Like you kind of asked us a thing that doesn't have like any sort of measurement, so like it's kind of hard. That's to why like... I had to make one up. Mm. That's what this page is all about, Kyle. Yeah. What's your unit of measurement? So mine is a unit of measurement that is actually very narrow, mm-hmm. in that it only goes from zero to one, and it's all percentages between those points. And uh, it is a a Smith, uh, one Will Smith, um. It going from zero percent Will Smith to to a full like a one, he is one fresh. Uh, you know, as the Fresh Prince, I thought it was only only appropriate that he would be the the standard by which we measure all other freshness. That's mm. very good. So percentage so, percentage of of Smith. So you would be yeah. Smith, so you smithosity. would have, Yeah, yeah. The general Smithosity. Uh, so it would be uh, you know generally speaking, you'd have something that would be at like a point. Uh, like a point, a zero point four Will Smiths uh, would would rank about half as fresh as Will Smith, whereas something <laughs> that would be zero point eight Will Smiths would be much more fresh, but still not quite as fresh as Will Smith himself. Hmm. So and these days, something could be like a hundred and twenty percent Will Smith, right? Like, yeah, for well, sure. And, even, and, and actually. Uh, what's even more fascinating about the study of Smithosity is that Will Smith himself, that standard has shifted up and down throughout his life, too. Like, there are times when Will Smith has not been one full Will Smith, and there have been times when he is more than one full uh, Will Smith of freshness. He, he has not fulfilled the quantity of his own freshness. I'm just saying it, it's a it's a shifting standard. And you know what? I mean, uh, and even though he is, of course, the freshest thing on the planet, he is still a human being. So I... Right. I respect that. Uh, right. How would you rate the freshness of the millennium so far? Ooh, oh, I mean, just the entire, <laughs> like the entire millennium. Like, are we doing like a full like the like the years like just back to two thousand, or are we going like a, an actual millennium back? I mean, I'm going from two thousand because because Will Smith did offer us. The opportunity to engage in the willennium mm. instead of the standard millennium, he offered Dang. his freshness to us as a gift, and we we turned it down like the foolish um, humans that we were. Yeah. So Unwisely. how much have we paid for that? I mean, our millennium so far, as compared to the willennium, would easily just be like a point two. I would say uh, uh, Smiths, maybe point four if we're being really generous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and I think was, you are being far too generous. Yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely not measuring up nearly as well as we could to the millennium. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle, you, you absolutely won. So <laughs> thank you. So I'm we very are, proud of this for some weird reason. <laughs> you you thought you thought about this quite a bit, and uh, I'm proud of you. 
I I didn't know I had this in my brain. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> so, we, could, we could speed this along if I just like went second from now on. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I just, I just never win them. But that's fine. That's because oh I'm bad. Gosh. That's because I'm bad at these things. That's that's not true. Oh, my gosh. Scott, you've beaten me like on the last couple rounds we've played. Mm. No, maybe not in the opening game. No, there you go. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Yep. So let's uh, talk about some funny units of measurement, guys. Yep. So uh, I mean, many people. There's so many ways sorry. to measure things. I'm sorry. You go ahead. Many people have made use of or invented, which one is linked, invented, and two, I like that they feel like they have to explain making use of something or making something up as invented. Units of measurement intended primarily for their humor value. Also linked. This is a this is a list of such units invented by sources that are notable for reasons other than having made the unit. Well, hold on. Other than having made the unit itself, that are widely known in the anglophone world for their humor value. I I think we'll be the judge of that list. Uh, these units may or may not have precisely objectively measurable values. What? But all of them measure quantities that have been defined within the international system of units. Really? All right, let's talk about some things. This, this uh, article does not start off on the spry, uh, facetious foot that it should. Mm. So they have to start here. There's the oh good. This is this is where I wanted to start the units or the FFF units. Uh, most countries use the International System of Units, the uh, SI. In contrast, the humorous Furlong, Firkin, Fortnite System of Units of Measurement draws attention by being extremely old-fashioned and offbeat at the same time. That's that's cited uh, to a site called Furlongs per Fortnite. Uh, one Furlong per Fortnite is very nearly one centimeter per minute to within one part in four hundred. Indeed. If the inch were defined as 2.54 centimeters, why does why does it have a line over it? What does that mean? I think, oh, repeating decimal. Yeah. Rather than 2.54 centimeters exactly, it would be one centimeter per minute. Tim, did you bring us to a math page? Is this just really a are, math? Are you ma guys amused yet? I'm. No, there there are much better ones toward the bottom of the page. Well, all right. Uh, there is the. Let's see. Uh, I don't even... Oh, great. Good. Uh, there's the Sagan that is the... Uh, as a humorous tribute to Carl Sagan and his associate with, association with the catchphrase billions of billions. A Sagan has been defined as a large quantity of anything. That's the entire description. Mm -hmm. Cited twice to Sagan in Jargon File. And book reviews, Planet Signal Transduction by P.M. Greshoff. So, Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I believe my favorite on this page uh, is the measurement of beauty called the Helen, <laughs> named after Helen of Troy, uh, who is widely known as the face that launched a thousand ships. Thus, one millihelen is the amount of beauty needed to launch a single ship. <laughs> Other derived units, such as the negative Helen, the power to beach ships, has also been described. Wow. Uh. Uh. A measure of coolness the... is the megafonzi. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. huh. Which was invented oh. by Futurama. Uh, one Mickey is the smallest resolvable unit of distance given by a given computer mouse pointing device. Which computer mouse pointing device is a great way to describe that. It is named after, wait for it, Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse cartoon character. <laughs> which is how that is phrased exactly and is definitely not written by an alien. Mouse, mouse motion is reported in horizontal and vertical Mickeys. Device sensitivity is usually specified in Mickeys per inch. Uh, typical resolution is 500 Mickeys per inch or 16 Mickeys per mm uh, or millimeter, I suppose. But resolutions up to uh, 16,000 Mickeys per inch are available. The, wow. Okay, well... Oh, here's the Douglas Adams. I knew there would be one on here. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> uh, Sheppy, a measure of distance equal to about seven-eighths of a mile, defined as the closest distance. Oh, I said that wrong, I guess. <laughs> defined as the closest distance 
at which sheep remain picturesque. The Sheppy huh. is the is the creation of Douglas Adams and John Lloyd included in the meaning of Lyf, their dictionary of putative meanings for words that are actually just place names. It is named after the Isle of Sheppey in the UK. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. Okay. The Wiffle, mm-hmm. referred to as the as a wham for wiffle assisted measurement is equal to a sphere 89 millimeters in diameter, the size of a wiffle ball. <laughs> mm. uh, oh, that's great. There's the Warhol, uh, which is a unit of fame or hype derived from Andy Warhol's dictum that everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes. It represents, of course, 15 minutes of fame. Nice. So a kilo Warhol is 15,000 minutes or 10.42 days of fame. And a Mega War Hall is 28.5 years of fame. <laughs> nice. Uh, I've actually heard one of these. Uh, donkey Power is one of them. Uh, this facetious engineering unit is defined as 250 watts, about a third of a horsepower. I've actually heard someone use the term to say that it is, that is a donkey power, but it, it was someone making a dumb joke. To say that it was not something was not strong enough to actually do what they needed to do, it wasn't. It didn't have enough horsepower. Aww. It just had donkey power. Poor donkeys. Poor donkeys. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, uh, and I guess the only other one that we should. I mean, there's the New York Second, which you guys, being from New York, might be familiar with. Nope. I mean, we're not from the city. Yeah, <laughs> our seconds are much longer than New York City's. Mm. Well, it's interesting that they specify the distance between a New York second and New York minute. Uh, the New York second is defined as the period of time between the traffic lights turning green and the cab behind you honking. The idiomatic expression in a New York minute, used in various contexts to mean a very short time, is of similar origin, referring to the busyness of New York and its and the impatience of its residents. That is a pretty I, good description. Sh- are mm-hmm. you sure this isn't written by aliens? Like, we're starting right on that. It's All right. Let's see. I got to get to knife throwing? Knife throwing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, I, uh, I may have hit on something. Uh, the canard is a unit of quackery created by Andy Lewis in need of a fractional index measuring pseudoscience. Is proposed as a as a scientific uh, unit to replace the old crackpot index that was presented in 1998. Uh, quack words include energy, holistic, vibrations, magnetic healing, and quantum. <laughs> These words right. are usually borrowed from physics and used to promote dubious health claims. It scores on a scale oh a scale from zero to ten of the quackery of, the quantity of quackery used, like similar to the Smith scale. Yep. Um, well, no, right, yours was zero I, to one. Well, I mean, do you I mean, want to expand percentage. from a zero to ten a more civilian-friendly form of uh, a fresh uh, no measurement? I mean, if it if it is too civilian-friendly, it you, it loses its own freshness. It, it, I mean, we need it needs to stand alone. Um, so I am actually, to... I'm sorry. One thing. So you you made a scale of zero to one on mm-hmm. the freshness of of Will Smith, and right. I, I just saw that there it was from a percentage. What? Uh, well, I'm, I was saying percentage. that it was like point four point. I, you know, yeah. I was saying it's a percentage yeah. of one. So there's another right. zero to one scale named after a guy on here, uh, but it's oh. measured. It's measuring seasickness. This poor oh, guy. Uh, the GARN is a unit used by NASA to measure seasickness and travel sickness caused by space adaptation syndrome. It is named after Senator Jake Gam, who is or GARN, who is frequently sick during tests. A score of one garn means the sufferer is completely incapacitated. Aw. <laughs> poor guy. Oh, poor. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. But, I mean, it's a way to live on, I guess, in in its own way in this, you know, in, in, in NASA. That's pretty great. Mm-hmm. So you would say that you are at, like, one quarter garn or, like, three quarters garn. Yep. Um, all right. <laughs> You're almost fully garn. Oh, just garn, just gone. Garn with the wind. Mm, I'm sure that's a joke that gets made. Uh, I'm going to click. Okay, I could go either way on this, like quackery or pseudoscience. 
I think I'm going to cl- click quackery, and that's not easy to say. Yeah, I was going to say, I, say oh that again gosh. really fast. I'm going to click quackery. I can't do it, Tim. Click quackery. Click quackery. Click quackery. Click Click quack. Oh, my gosh. Click quackery. There we go. I did it. Quick click of quackery. Quick click no, of quackery. Stop. Yes. We've been here before, right? Quackery? I'm sure. Yeah. It's a good page, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I was looking at Andy Warhol here, and it says this is a unit of fame or hype. And I scrolled over hype, and it takes me to Media Circus. Oh, no. I think I'm going to click on that and hope for... And hope Wikipedia does the the impossible and actually links to Circus somewhere. Dang it, Sky! You you and I are both doing the same thing. Right? No, yeah, because you clicked on different be... things. Oh, you're hoping yes, for Circus and Quackery. That's exactly what I'm hoping for. Yes. All right. Well, Quackery. So Quackery is the promotion of fraudulent or ignorant medical practices. I mean. To be to be precise, the practices themselves are not ignorant. It's the people using these practices. Uh, the a quack is a fraudulent or ignorant pretender to medical skill, quote, or a person who pretends professionally or publicly to have skill, knowledge, or qualification or credentials he or she does not possess. A charlatan or snake oil salesman. The term quack is a clipped form of the archaic term quack salver from Dutch. We have been here before. I remember this now. Uh, the quacksalver or a hawker of salve in the middle ages the term quack meant shouting the i mean i guess that's all that is what ducks do yeah they like if you really think about it they're really just shouting at you all the time and i just got a text so that's that was probably super loud to you guys (laughs) um (laughs) did did you hear that enormous buzzing i'm gonna put my phone over on the other table so that it's not anywhere near the mic Good. Uh, um, yeah, I guess when you think about it, ducks really do just shout. Like, that's really what that is. They're just yelling very loud. But do they just, echo? Mm, um, the Quacksolvers sold their wares on the market in a shouting in a loud voice. That's cited to whom? The German-English di- uh, glossary of, di- of idioms. Okay, that's a real thing. Uh, common elements of qu- general quackery include questionable di- diagnoses using questionable diagnos- diagnostic tests, as well as untested or refuted treatments, especially for serious diseases such as cancer. Quackery is often described as health fraud, with salient characteristic of aggressive promotion. Um, all right. So, let's see. I wanted to... Uh, uh, I'm just going to mention here... The uh, the four ways w- that Paul Offit has promoted, proposed alternative medicine becomes quackery. Uh, first, by recommending against conventional therapies that are helpful. Uh, second, by promoting prevent- potentially harmful therapies without a- adequate warning. <laughs> Third, by draining patients' bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And fourth, by promoting magical thinking, which, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what you want in terms of, like, a novel, it's not what you. It's not what you want in terms of like medicine. I uh, do really like that that poster though. Yes. So I sent I sent you guys a link to a. It's a cartoon from 1780s France of. Oh yeah. Uh, the depiction of a quack doctor using hypnotism, except the doctor looks like a donkey wearing clothes. Uh, using hypnotism. Now, if a if a donkey wearing clothes came up to me offering things, I would probably just believe anything it said. Because <laughs> it is a donkey yeah. who has learned to walk on two two legs and and wear clothes. Uh, this I mean, is this is a smarter donkey than than many that you see uh, along the side of the road on a day to day basis. Would you describe him as a smart ass? He is indeed a smart ass. He uh, probably takes like... offense to that, sir. Oh, I mean, yeah, probably. I I like that this lady is still giving him like side eye like crazy though. Like, mm, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's like, uh, are you really wearing that, though? Mm. Mm. I mean, Making I appreciate the fact that you that you have chosen to wear clothes, but but those. <laughs> well, the fact that he's wearing clothes that have tails when he is when he in fact has a tail 
seems like a little bit of a faux pas to me. It does look a little foolish, yes. <laughs> it's just kind of, kind of having to, to sort of weave the tail through, through the flap there. Oh no, I missed an opportunity because if I if it had been like he could have worn, oh he could have worn like a fake fur or something, and then it really would be a faux pas, like. Mm. Bad. <laughs> no, no, it's a good joke. That's no. A good joke. <laughs> That's a good joke. You're not. All right. I'm not wrong. You just don't appreciate good jokes. <laughs> um, the only the only quack that's listed on here that I want to mention is one that I'm sure we've talked about before, but deserves mentioning more than once. Uh, John Harvey Kellogg, who was a medical doctor in Battle Creek, Michigan, U.S., uh, right up your your way, guys. Mm-hmm. He ran a sanitarium using holistic methods with a particular focus on nutrition, enemas, and exercise in that order. Call, Kellogg was an advocate of vegetarianism and invented the cornflake breakfast cereal with his brother, Will Keith Kellogg. Yeah, so he'd stop getting randy. Oh, man. So <laughs> So great. I mean, no, it's terrible. But also, looking back, we ha- we can go like, wait, what? All right, let's All see. Right. Well, I don't see. Somehow, uh, they don't actually say like Barkers or like I expected there to be something along the lines of like they they were often sold in markets and you know among mm-hmm. with other. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's not on here. Yeah. But maybe I have to click on. Quicksilver or uh hang on a second. Uh oh wait, snake oil's on here. Yeah. Ooh. Charlatan and snake oil both are on here. Ooh. They're both oh, good. These are both good choices. So is Quackwatch. What? Quackwatch. It's a group <laughs> that right. that exposes quacks. Quackwatch. Right, heads were going. Ooh. Nice. Uh, heads were going charlatan. Tails were going snake oil. It's uh, charlatan. All right, charlatan it is. Okay. Cool. Media circus. Media circus. It's a colloquial metaphor or idiom describing a news event where the level of media coverage measured by such factors as the number of reporters at the scene and the amount of material broadcast or published is perceived to be excessive or out of proportion to the event being covered. Um, coverage that is sensualistic can add to the perception that the event in, uh, to add to the perception that the event is the subject of a media circus. So it just means when things, I guess, are being blown out of proportion or it says here, um, in history, it says reasons for being critical of the media are as varied as the people who use the term. However, mm. at the core of the most, uh, criticism is that is that there may be a significant opportunity cost when other more important news issues get less public attention as a result of coverage of the hyped issue. Um, I, I, I mean, as a person in the media, I kind of think that sets up false equivalences, but sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah they give a people. bunch of examples on this page too, of stuff. And like, uh-huh. like one of them is the OJ Simpson murder case and things like that. The, okay. There is a, yeah, there's a large list of items on here. I noticed that there's there's a photo of um, Tanya Harding mm-hmm. arriving at the Portland International Airport after the '94 Olympics, but they don't mention that particular media circus event in this list. Right. It's I think like they, they, only they use just that give picture. you the photo, and it's like yeah, you know what this is. I think they use that <laughs> picture because there's like a bunch of really col- like uh, colorful balloons, and it just makes it feel more like a circus. Mm. It does feel good. <laughs> Yeah, one of the balloons says "World's Greatest." Yeah. Oh wow! World's Greatest Media Circus. Mm-hmm. One says something like, "Is that congrats, Tanya?" Or it might be like, "Thanks, Tanya." Don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Tanya. I mean, this is this is after the '94 Olympics. I mean, yeah. this is after she went out there and failed. Okay. When she's like, "Oh no, my laces came undone, or it got cut." No. Oh my gosh. You feel very strongly about this. Well, I mean, she did have someone go out and, and literally whack her competitor 
Yes, that is accurate. Big deal. Yeah, it was. But now she has a a lucrative career on um, True TV. (laughs) Is that Uh, so? Giving commentary for um, videos and stuff. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Good. Good. Anyone can make it. Mm -hmm. That's why America's great. (laughs) Uh, It can also be called a media (laughs) feeding frenzy or a media frenzy. What's up? I'd like to also say on this page that under the sea also, Mm -hmm. there is the Don Henley song, Dirty Laundry, is linked. Oh, Um, great. Good. That's going to be in my head for three days. Thank you. You're welcome. Perp Walk is linked. And uh, it's not news, it's FARC. Oh, no. Oh, that's a site I haven't thought about in 10 years. Yeah, I used to go there a lot in my high school days. When we were good at, when we were better at writing headlines than they were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. So is, is anything uh, striking your fancy on this page, Sky? I'm going to click on circus. I've got Dang spectacle it. and I've got circus. I think I'm going to go circus. Mm. Circus. Pulled right in front of me. Zoom. Get out! Get out of my lane, charlatan! Uh, charlatan, also called a swindler or a mountebank, which is which is a great phrase. I okay. It's a great just, band name. In <laughs> just in terms of this, I just want to point out that like the only person. Uh, do you guys follow uh, Batman Label sixty six? Yeah, I don't. I. Do you? Oh, what? You Time would to love shame this? you. <laughs> oh yeah. Or not, no, no. Not, give me you, that shame. You, no, you would love. You this would really too. like it. Yeah. Yes. And part of the reason that I mention it is because sometimes they'll post video clips of uh, of tiny, like couple second bits, uh, basically where they point out labels within the old Batman TV show because they labeled the heck out of everything, and it was beautiful. And I. I love the idea that there was an art director on that show who was like, no, no, this needs a label. And it's not even stuff like, you know, there's always like the bat telephone and, and bat uh, spectroscope and things like that, that are in the, that are in the bat cave itself. But then also like in the villains hideouts, there'll be like a label that just says like books or like fire extinguisher. And it's labeled, even though it's clearly just a fire extinguisher on a wall. Yep. Here's a poster and, for Sleazy Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And someone <laughs> zapping machine. I'm I'm on the Someone on the had to now. make yeah, yeah, someone had to make that, you know, like that the steps that I took are one, and art director was like, No, we need a sign for that. Yeah. And then they had to talk to someone and say, All right, make this sign. And then that person had to make that sign and then bring it back to say, Is this the right typeface you want? And he's like, Yes. Mm-hmm. And then someone else had to go put it up on the set. And then the camera person had to make sure it was in the shot and framed properly, too, in the background. Like, there are multiple steps to every single one of those signs. And it makes, and I love it. It makes me so happy. Here's that, one that's Secret Batgirl Room Instant Retransformer. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and very frequently, they are things that are meant to be very secret. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite ones are the ones that are like in uh, there was one for Batgirl uh, that they had a while ago that was uh, she has her own Geiger counter. Yes. Um, oh, nice. But the Geiger counter itself, it's inside the dial that it says Batgirl Geiger counter or something. But that means that someone had to take apart that that dial, make the little faceplate for it, put that faceplate in there and then put it back together and then finish the prop for them. Like, ah, oh, just all the parts of that, that all the tiny little bits of that that went into <laughs> yeah. making these things makes me so happy. Deepest secret extractor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there is a clip in uh, that I saw on there a couple days ago in which the Joker eludes the law legally, just very um, on a technicality about loitering by not standing in the same place in a, in a, in a school for more than two minutes at a time. He's been, he's been moving around the room and Batman, uh, Batman says, well, we've got you for loitering. He's like, no, no, I've been, I've been following the law not standing in a single place this whole time. And, uh, Batman 
comes up with a, a most wonderful uh oh dang it what does he say like a jailhouse lawyer yes he, he uh, a, a great insult to, to call the joker a jailhouse lawyer and i'm fairly certain he calls him a charlatan as well and that's great and me, probably mountebank probably mountebank the, the what i'm saying is the only thing i can think of the only person i can think of using the word mountebank <laughs> literally or uh today is is batman from 66 i guess so not even today that's sure. that's great sky trusty the guy holding trusty. a stick of dynamite trusty on his on his name uh, tag that that shows just so wonderful in so many ways anyway i don't want to talk about charlatans i guess because i just talked about a funny other thing um i do want to bring up that one of my favorite charlatans in history john brinkley is on this page oh yeah uh, the the goat gland doctor who stuck mm-hmm. goat glands in people for lots of way for lots of reasons and ended up helping create radio and uh <laughs> wait a minute we know them wait today. A minute. putting putting goat parts in people helped create radio uh i mean indirectly yes like they started just picking yeah. up a signal no no tim he he basically built advertising via radio the way that we know it today for goat parts to bring yes yes for a lot of things he he more or less i mean he he was kind of killed the, hundreds of people is it jack baker is that who it is is that is that the person's name which uh sorry which one the, the, the weird like the christian like oh yeah tub yeah, of yeah, food yeah yeah salesman oh like, jim baker basically jim, jim baker, baker oh that's yeah. it yes he was basically the jim baker of his time oh no yep. well jim baker is is yeah uh, also, because of him, we have uh, the American Medical Association is as strong as it is because this guy killed so many people. Yeah, uh, it came into power at that time because they're like, uh, we got to lock this down. Tim, they this basically guy's... like forced him off the air. And so he built he like donate all this money to a Mexican city and they oh, like let great. him build a radio station right across the border so that he could he could, you know broadcast to america from from mexico wow yeah yeah and uh oh anyway he's he's amazing and there's a good book about him i think just called charlatan i think Uh, so yeah if if you want to read about the quintessential american that's him he's a very american person (laughs) All Uh, all right let's see I want to, okay, I know, okay, the charlatan, person practicing quackery or other confidence trick or deception in order to obtain money, blah, blah, blah. I want to get to, well, I mean, circus might not be the way that I want to go, but, oh, hang on. Yeah, I see something that's, that's promising. One example of a charlatan is a 19th century medicine show operator who has long since left town by the time people are caught onto his snake oil or similarly similarly named cure-all tonic, realize that does not perform as advertised, does not perform as, just for reference, I'm not clicking it, but does not perform as advertised is linked to false advertising. Um, It'd be really great if you clicked on it and it went to like, oh no, just some random page. Oh, that would be great. (laughs) As an aside, uh, that that's very very good, but does not perform as advertised. Sounds like a good like name of a podcast. Oh like, my gosh! With oh. that sort of idea, like just charlatan stuff. I would listen to that podcast. Yeah, be pretty cool. Uh, but I'm going to click on medicine show. Okay. All right. Circus. Circus. It's a company of performers who put on diverse entertainment shows that include clowns, acrobats, trained animals, trapeze acts. You guys know what a circus is. <laughs> There's a big poster of the Barlow and Bailey, greatest show on earth. Uh, there is a video of a 1954 episode of the TV series Super Circus, sponsored by Kellogg's. Uh, it says here that like in ancient Rome uh, is when circuses you know, started out, which is like when everything started out. Um, <laughs> everything started in Rome. <laughs> Yeah, the Circus of Rome. I mean, we'd like to believe that. Sure. <laughs> circus of Rome were similar to the ancient Greek uh, hippodromes. 
Although circuses served varying purposes and differed in design and construction, and for events that involved reenactments of naval battles, the circus was flooded with water. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, they were different in a lot of ways, especially when they filled it with water, apparently. Uh, the Roman circus That's when they got the hippos Harvard. out, though, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a hippodrome. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> there you go. They were not circular, but rectangular with semicircular ends. This is very specific. Uh, the lower seats were were uh, reserved for persons of rank, which makes sense. Um, the first circus in the city of Rome was the Circus Maximus in the valley between the Palatine and Aventine Hills. Um, yeah, so circuses have been around for a while, I guess. There's an American format of circus, which is probably what we're familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, using like a large canvas tent. And uh, says your circus pioneer Dan Rice was the most famous pre-Civil War circus clown, popularizing such expressions as the one horse show and "Hey Rube." Uh, <laughs> that's the thing Commonly I hear all the time. used today. <laughs> yeah, this is linked too. Where does this take me? Hey Rube. Wow, there's a whole Wikipedia page. It's a slang phrase. Um, hey Rube. It's a rallying call or a cry for help used by carnies in a fight with outsiders. Oh. oh. Well, great. Great. Maybe it's <laughs> kind of sad that he popularized that. Good. Good. Mm. We're we're talking about the best people tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's Russian circuses. Don't care. And then it talks about Cirque du Soleil <laughs> because that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. The Barnum and Bailey like just recently shut down, right? That's correct. Yes. That's good. Mm-hmm. We don't need circuses anymore. Ooh, we have YouTube. We have Netflix, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, YouTube. What the very first video on YouTube was, in fact, of an elephant. So. Oh yeah, that's true. That tracks. That's he was, how at, he was like at the zoo, right? Yes. And yeah, he was it was just, just like, just a, hey, check out this elephant. Wasn't it like just ten seconds of an elephant too? Like, yeah. It wasn't much. Well, yeah, because like no one could da- like upload and download back then. It's like <laughs> insane. Have you have you guys seen? Uh, did you guys speaking of other people on Twitter? Uh, Squirrel mm-hmm. Girl posted a tweet uh, earlier this weekend about or where a couple of squirrels are interacting with a couple of dolphins or rather a bunch of dolphins are watching some squirrels through their tank. Oh, I did see <laughs> this. Yeah, it's very cute. That's not actually related to what we were talking about. It just reminded me. <laughs> we just needed to, to yeah, talk and about I like, something that was cute. I like cute animals, guys. I'm sorry. That's fair. Cute uh, animals are adorable. By definition, yeah. That's... I mean, I suppose you're right, yes. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it has here Daredevil stunt axe and sideshow axe are also parts of some circus acts. Oh, no. These activities may include the human cannonball. What? Chapography? What is chapography? What is that? Fire eating. Fire e- Wait, it says fire eating, comma, breathing, comma, and dancing. <laughs> In I mean, that order. Uh, breathing is quite impressive. Yeah, uh, but then it has here knife throwing, oh, magic no. show, sword swallowing, or strong. Uh, so chapography is, um, it's a novelty act and panhandling trick in which a ring-shaped piece of felt is manipulated to look like various types of hats. What? <laughs> Wait, <Yep. what? laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> please, please send that to me. I don't know. I don't believe you. Chapography. Uh, I gotta find a YouTube video of this. I'm yeah. doing that exact thing right now. All right. Um, it says that Harry Anderson, fact... uh, magician and actor Harry Anderson, uh, can do this. Oh my gosh. And he was also featured on an episode of Saturday Night Live in 1985. That, great. So, I'm gonna Sky. click on fire, on fire throw. No, knife throwing. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> No, that's a different thing entirely. And and where did that take you? Uh, impalement arts. Yeah. It's almost Wait. like you've been following my exact route. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Great. You still have Great. a chance to pull it out, though, Kyle. Well, I'm still on medicine show. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, medicine. What's what's a good medicine show without a knife throwing act? Uh, apparently, nothing because scalpel throwing. 
there, uh, the entertainers such as acrobats, musclemen, magicians, dancers, ventriloquists, exotic performers, and trick shots kept the audience engaged until the salesman sold his medicine. Trick shots is the only. It's the closest thing on this page. I, I mean, I I also had the option uh, the options of free show, flea circus, musical acts, magic tricks, jokes, or storytelling. Out of that list, the only thing that is not linked is jokes, which feels like a slight to me. I just want to point that out. Um, ah, I I mean the best thing I've got is trick shots, and that's not going to get me there. I'm I'm actually pretty impressed with how close Medicine Show got you to this because I was Thanks. not actually I didn't even expect Medicine Show to have acts like that. I mean, did you not have you not seen? Uh, TV shows in which or like old West shows where they had medicine shows. Like there was lots of stuff. I mean, in I fact, watched, I watched popular Dr. culture. I watched Dr. Quinn in popular that culture. That was a medicine in 1949, show. Inspector general, the da- character played by Danny Kaye works for a medicine show in the, I mean, there's uh, Oh, red dead redemption. There's a, there's a medicine show and they have lots of things about like, yeah, local. Oh, in Pete's dragon. <laughs> There's a medicine like there's lots of things like that. Yeah, but like there's uh, a med like like in those things though, it's usually just the guy, you know, hawking this stuff out. Yeah, but they also have like a you know what? I don't need to argue I'm sorry. I, I it's a it's a it's a thing. They Kyle, usually have a performance. Kyle, I'm impressed, time. okay? No, no, I'm right. <laughs> you're, it's a good joke. You're you guys. right, you're right, and and impressive. <laughs> Just, just no, take it. Yeah, no, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so, all right, Sky. Let's talk about the impalement arts. <laughs> so, guys, I just reminded myself that I need to come up with a spooky Twitter name. What? Yeah, because it's October. And I was like, Sky. oh, I should have a spooky. I should have a spooky uh, uh, avatar. You have, you have two options. Uh, one would be Scareler. Yeah. Oh man. Or the other would be Skiller. You could even do Dialer. Ooh, that's good too. Those are all good. Um, Scar. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I was I was like, well, I'm gonna need like a, an avatar. I'm gonna have to make my little capybara like spooky. Yeah. And I was like, Google capybara Halloween, <laughs> and then it filled in costume. What? And there was like, here's the capybaras. And Halloween costumes. You gotta be kidding me. I don't know. There's one that sits like a horse because it has a saddle on. <laughs> so I I tried to Google image. There's also a man. There's also a man wearing a bright orange shirt, and it says, "This is a disguise. I'm really a capybara." <laughs> I uh, I tried. I tried Google image searching spooky capybara, and the first image that comes out is uh, a capybara just nuzzling a cat. Oh. It is the least spooky thing. There is no spookiness. Uh, it's, but it, that's really cute, so, I mean... <laughs> I also scrolled down, and there's a girl here wearing a shirt, and it just says, Go Ceilings. <laughs> like, it's what? like a sports shirt, and it's my favorite thing I've seen. <laughs> what? <laughs> Go... Uh, I don't know... It just says go ceilings. Oh my gosh! I don't oh, understand okay. why. It just gave me your link to. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> all of these capybaras. Yeah, they're oh, all very wow. good. These are good capybaras. Yes. These are very good capybaras. I I appreciate the saddles. Yeah, they saddle a lot of them. I mean, in fairness, it's pretty easy. Yeah, that it's right there. Oh, here's one that's dressed as Thor. Good. Good. Good and great. All right. Oh. Let's get back to impalement. Sure, right. That's you, Sky. Oh yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what? There's a shirt here that just says I couldn't find a costume, <laughs> so this shirt will have to do. I'm a capybara. Hyphen boo. Like, what? <laughs> what? Why is this a thing? Is this a weird internet meme that I don't know? Like, what? 
Like, what? Now I have to buy this shirt. Like, <laughs> please, please do. Your, oh, What's your connection happening? is not private. Maybe I shouldn't go to HalloweenTeaShop.com. Maybe not. Uh, maybe not. Uh, okay. Impalement arts. It's like when you throw stuff at people <laughs> and people watch you. Uh, <laughs> it specifies here. Impalement is actually what the performers endeavor to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> the thrower or marksman aims near the target rather than at him or her. <laughs> the objective is to land the thrower's shot as close as possible to the assistant's body without causing injury. So it's really like the near impalement arts. Yeah, for sure. Like, if you're good at impalement arts, you gotta be bad at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are important distinctions between knife throwing and archery, practices, competitive sports, or similar skills. For example, organizing bodies of competitive archery prohibit a bu- activity that involves deliberate shooting in a general direction of a human being. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. There are four disciplines of knife throwing. What? Or so, four disciplines of, of impalement arts. <laughs> Uh, knife throwing It's the most common and well known discipline Archery I mean... is the other main discipline <laughs> Okay uh, Sharpshooting It is arguable that some firearm sharpshooting acts Fall in the category of impalement arts When they involve a performer holding up targets For a marksman Even mm. when sharpshooting is not performed As an impalement art it is sometimes grouped Alongside knife throwing as a wild west art So I'm, mm, I don't mm. think I don't think if they're holding something and you shoot it, you don't say that you impaled it. Like, mm, sorry, sharpshooting. You're your own thing. I mean, technically speaking, it is impaling just very briefly. Like, that's, that yeah. is still impaling. If it goes through it, I guess. I guess I'm yeah. thinking of them, like, holding... <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking of them holding up a knife. For them to shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because knives. But, yeah, I don't know. There's also whips and other disciplines. Oh, yeah. Which is a mm, what a title disciplines <laughs> such as a bullwhip displays and trick roping are not strictly impalement art hey impalement arts you need to stop like you're cool enough you don't need to add these two like just get rid of them yeah no no you don't need to you don't need to justify these bullwhip artists and ropers sometimes employ human targets for certain tricks which ones why why yeah i don't know <laughs> They talk about the Wheel of Death here, which is, has its own web web page, own Wikipedia page. Of course, it it's does. the most difficult and dangerous feats for a knife thrower. The assistant is strapped to a large circular target board, which spins <laughs> or about its middle like a wheel. The thrower must execute a series of rapid, consistent, and carefully timed throws to land knives on the segments of the wheel not covered by the assistant's body. Again, near impalement. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's also a thing here called the vegetable slice. A cucumber, oh, no. or a similar vegetable, is held out on the bare skin of the assistant's body, usually the inside of her forearm. Okay. A series of knives are thrown around the assistant, ending with a knife that slices the cucumber in half. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's it. There's, That's yep. the whole thing. Myths. It is occasionally alleged that knife-throwing acts are actually a trick in which the thrower palms the knife as he pretends to throw it, and a knife springs out from the target giving the illusion of perfect aim. <laughs> Although this technique has been used by at least one magician, uh, the Whoa. great majority of knife throwers perform genuine acts, and this is cited. Wait, there are secret on. tricks beyond, behind certain stunts, such as throwing knives, knives while blindfolded, but they do not involve <laughs> fake knives springing from the target board. Citation needed. Is this a is this a really really low key sub subtweet at someone who's like one magician that I know of? You know who you are, Ben. Lou, like, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> the great Lou. <laughs> <laughs> In quotes. Oh man. Oh man. So there is there's so many examples on this page. It is. Uh, people like knife throwing. I guess so. They do for some reason. Yeah. So, so many people have had knives thrown at them in in life. Yeah, there's a whole list here. I mean, it's surprisingly common, apparently. 
I'm gonna click on knife throwing. All right. Nice job. Yep. I mean, all right, blah blah blah. Exhibition shooting. It's a it's a sport which marksmen perform various feats of skill, frequently using non traditional targets. It's... Exhibition shooting tends to stress both skill and accuracy often with elements of danger added. It's sad that the Impalement Arts page kind of poached you on this, too. In fact, Impalement Arts is on this page. Oh. It's in the list. Also, knife throwing is in the list at the bottom of this page that says, see also. Which I wouldn't have been able to use, but it's there. Um, There is a great shot here of uh, someone uh, shooting at a hand-thrown aerial target with a BB pistol. Uh, the slow-moving BB is visible in the bright sunlight. I'm going to click this. <laughs> there is, in fact, a very slow-moving BB visible in the shot. You can just see it, like, real light, just right there. Aw. Like, pew! Um, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, they have the they have Annie Oakley on here, who's awesome. They have a couple other uh, well-known people. There's a one bit in here that I think is interesting, and this is strange, but uh, Herb, Herb Parsons of Somerville, Tennessee, was Winchester's showman shooter for 30 years, and uh, uh, Adolf Tupperwain's protege and successor. His impressive list in, of honors includes All-American, All-American Trap and Skeet Shooter, twice national and twice international duck calling champion, etc., etc. He was really good at shooting ducks. His... Um, it says down here, uh, Parsons was mentioned by Dr. Mallard in the NCIS episode Ships in the Night, but Leroy Geth- Jethro Gibbs doesn't know who he is. This character apparently says to Gibbs. <clears throat> oh, well, wait. No, it's not even that. I don't know why this is. Li- this is from Ducks Unlimited magazine. I don't know why this quote is listed directly after this person from NCIS. That's weird. Good job, huh. Wikipedia. But this quote says, <clears throat> this is his, um, his, uh, uh, advice on how to shoot ducks. Um, take the last duck in a group to begin with. By taking the last one, you keep the swing right on through. If you nailed the first one, you'd have to come back with your muzzle and start a new swing. For your second shot, take the next to last and the lowest duck. If you don't get those, if you get those, don't worry. No one's gonna get much better than a double, a double duck. Um, double duck. Yeah, that's that's the that's a form of uh, jump rope. Just with a lot more quacking. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, wait. No, I've got the... Hold on. Um, I, I will try to use the that pen as often as I can. Uh, nice. Anyway, I'm just going to let this go because we'll probably at some point in the future talk about some of these people and they're all pretty cool. Anyway, I wish I could click on any of those but the next closest thing i've got is marksman so i'm gonna click on that and to be in good sport <laughs> all right very nice knife throwing says not well, i mean there's a few kind of nice little tips and stuff in here if you plan on throwing knives really oh yeah, yeah. like don't hit the thing don't yeah. don't hit the thing that you're not supposed to hit nearly um, impale them the one thing I like is how you hold the knife um, can help determine how many rotations it makes before it hits the target. Wait, seriously? That's yeah. not just a that's not just a thing people do for show. Nope. If you want to make it give a a half spin or add a half spin, you hold it by the blade. If you want the if you want it to get impaled um, after full spins, you hold it by the handle. That's what it says. What? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense because I mean, in order to stick into the board, like if you want to do a half spin, then you're holding it by the blade. It's going to have to at least do a yeah. half spin to get. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, so it's makes, a distance kind of sense. thing. Yeah. If you think it's, it's it needs one and a half spins yeah. to get there, distance wise, hold it by right. the blade. You wow. think it needs a full spin to get there? Hold it by the handle. Um, hopefully I, that'll I save someone's know. hopefully that'll save someone's life when they're in a forced knife throwing situation. <laughs> if you just throw it like a javelin <laughs> <laughs> or like a dart. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yep. Uh, it says there's martial arts section here. Oh, good. But then it talks about Barlow and Bailey Circus, so I that, don't know. That's respectful, sure. 
The art of knife throwing was first used in martial arts or hunting applications. What? Probably when, hunting applications. Yeah, but when do you ever like, oh, I'm going to gonna get this deer. I'm going to throw this knife like real <laughs> close to him. I'm going to create an outline so he can't get away. Like, that, no. That deer will... <laughs> Actually, I like that idea much better. Like, that deer is just going to be so surprised that it got hit by a knife. It's like, what? Who, who would do that? Like, it gives you plenty of time to just walk up and kill the deer. Yeah, exactly. Like, who would throw a knife at a deer? Yeah, there's um, not much else you know, here, though. People don't have bows, I guess. Mm. Well, I mean, but if you do it, and you do it, and, like, you accomplish it, now you don't have a knife. Like, this seems yeah, self-defeating. They actually talk about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It says, uh, um, you know, it's been incorporated in some martial disciplines of the Japanese as well as some African and Native American tribes. Okay. In such cases, throwing a knife when fighting is generally thought of as a risk. If unsuccessful, <laughs> it can leave the thrower without a weapon and his attacker. Yes. And, and arm his attacker. Uh, however, many warriors traditionally carry two or more weapons at the same time. Citation needed. Oh, cite- yeah, there we go. Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm like, that's a weird statement. Okay, yeah. <laughs> How would you even verify that? Like, just going around like, hey, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, How many exactly. knives are you carrying right now? Like, let's just do a random, just a straw poll. Like, excuse me, hold on. How many knives do you have on you at the moment? Oh, okay. More than one? Yeah, all right, we're good. All right. Are you carrying them at the same time, though? Mm. Okay, good. <laughs> just, you we know, just one. Need to make a Twitter poll. One between each. Uh... Each finger. So you could have like <laughs> technically eight knives. I suppose that's true. I mean, if you're going to Wolverine them, I mean, right? you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. You make that work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> suppose. Well, well done, Sky. Very good job. Good job. Thanks. I got very lucky. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's no, I mean, it's yeah, you you followed my exact route. That's wow. amazing. I thought hype would uh, sort of be a, a good. Um, concealer of things i'm like okay you know it doesn't but then i remember yeah it actually you you saw the alt text of what that links to <laughs> so you're like oh yeah circus that makes sense yeah I'm like yep yeah. <laughs> it totally does i, I was like 75 percent sure that it wouldn't actually link to circus though you know what i mean like, oh it was yeah one of those because things where it never wikipedia yeah. is notorious for that uh with us uh, so many times no nope, it totally did this time actually we do our we're actually doing kind of like an impalement arts thing here because we often hit like just beside the thing that we actually want like the actual That's target. That's true. Mm-hmm. So we are we are we are highly skilled uh link throwers, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. Sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight. Got got to stop while you're hot. Um <laughs> If you would like to see it was more, the faux, it was the faux pod joke. That was where that's where I peaked. That this, was this that episode. was that was the epitome of our yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> if you would like to see more or listen to more of our podcast, uh, we have uh, a site wskbcast.blogspot.com. You can also find us on Twitter at wskbcast, uh, or just search "We Should Know Better" on Facebook. We are there as well. Uh, please take a moment to review us uh, if you enjoyed what you heard tonight. And uh, every little review that we get helps on that uh, dearly. All right. I will see you guys later. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Bye. Woo! <laughs> good night. Good night. Cue the music. Whatever it goes. I'm not good at I'm not good at impersonating um outro music, I guess. No, you did that's you got it dead on. I don't think I did. That's amazing. No, no, Tim. That's it. Yeah, perfect. Alright, there is uh Shopography by Stephen Kazan. At Sorry, Dynamite. I just I just love the I love the effort you put into pronouncing that. I I mean, Tim, if I'm gonna I'm a professional. I don't know if you know. 
I mean, I just see a word like that, and I just do my dumb American fumbling over it, and I just get it done. And you, you know just, what? you put the effort in, and I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, this guy is, all right, all right, so I'm watching this. He's got a piece of felt. He's looking at it as though, oh, no, it's surprising. It is a ring of felt. It has a hole in it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm going to roll it up. Let's make a hat. So he rolls it into a hat, and he makes a little ball cap with a bill. He turns it sideways to be cool. Yep, this is good. And then huh. does a moonwalk. Very good. Uh, this, yeah. Oh, oh. He's definitely doing more Michael Jackson. And then turns around and makes it into a bonnet? A felt bonnet? And he appears to be doing Matchmaker from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> a babushka. And has and then takes the ring and turns it into, uh, like a riding cap, I guess. Oh no, he's trying to do it like a cowboy. There we go. Great. You're uh, you would be a great, great. color commentator for shipography. <laughs> just telling you right now, Kyle. Oh yeah, and you're, you're painting with words, words right this now. This guy. Okay, so he's doing lots of impressions. I think. <laughs> I think. Yeah, and now now he's a matador, I suppose. I know what I'm using for the stinger <laughs> this time. This is oh wow. Well, I mean, Sky, I'm always just looking for our next pigeon pigeon or feather axe. That's what I'm. You know, I don't know what he's mm-hmm. doing now. I I've literally no. He's kind of he's got it folded into quarters. Let, and it looks like he's oh like blowing a panpipe maybe. Let go, Kyle. He's he's captured you. He's mesmerized you with his shipography. I yeah, it's I I'm I'm done. I got nothing left. <laughs>